Welcome back to the New England Baseball Journal podcast. I'm your host, Dan Guttenplan. First, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Firecracker Sports. Firecracker Sports serves all baseball and softball players, coaches, and parents that are looking for quality tournaments and showcase camps. Visit firecrackersports.com. We're excited about today's guest. New England baseball fans might remember Sebastian Keene as the local kid who turned down an opportunity to sign a six-figure contract with the Red Sox out of high school. Sebastian was one of the top high school prospects in the country in 2019 after an illustrious high school career for North Andover High School in Massachusetts. He set the school's all-time career strikeouts record and led the Scarlet Knights to a Super 8 championship as a senior. Shortly after he finished off his high school career, he was drafted in the 11th round by the Boston Red Sox. He was offered seven-figure contract for a signing bonus, and he turned it down to become the first player ever to go to Northeastern after receiving a selection in the MLB draft. It's working out for him. In his first season at Northeastern last year, he went 3-0. and This year, he went 6-1 and and led Northeastern to the NCAA tournament and a CAA championship. This summer, he'll play for the Chatham Anglers of the Cape League. We're looking forward to hearing from him about his experience playing baseball at the youth, high school, and college levels in New England. Before we get to the interview, let's go over some of the content at BaseballJournal.com. The 2021 MLB draft is approaching, and New England is laden with top prospects. We'll see Sal Frelick, Ryan Cusick, Dom Keegan, Joshua Baez, and Frank Mazzucato. Perhaps all five of them could get selected in the first two or three rounds of the draft. For high school championship coverage, prep coverage, and summer collegiate league coverage, You can pick up a copy of New England Baseball Journal. All of that will be also available on BaseballJournal.com. We'll be back after these words and an interview with Sebastian Keene. Firecracker Sports serves all first-time and experienced coaches that are looking for quality showcase tournaments to promote their players and teams. We offer the most independently operated baseball and softball events in the Northeast region with qualified staff and college coaches to help you and your players get maximum promotion. Besides events, you can get all your baseball and softball needs with our player profiles, hotels, and even facility sales now. With Firecracker Sports, you can save time, effort, and money by getting all of your event's college resources and customer attention in one place every season. We're back with Sebastian Keene of the Northeastern baseball team. Sebastian, thanks so much for joining the pod. Yeah, of course. Happy to be here. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, we met back when you were at North Andover High School. You were going into your senior baseball season, and it was kind of a crazy uh, time for you because uh, you had a really good team that year. You ended up winning a state championship, but also you had the MLB draft coming up, and you were a top prospect for that now, I remember going, even thinking back on those first discussions in April, it never seemed to me that you were dying to go pro out of high school. And we talked to a lot of guys who were kind of seniors in high school who were like, oh, it's always been my dream to be a professional baseball player. If I have that opportunity, I'm going to jump on it. Do I have that right? Is that kind of the feeling that you had back going into your senior season? I mean, I definitely was looking forward to college. Uh, obviously, I want to play professional baseball after college, but um I just didn't think it was the right time for me and my family. So 
Uh, I definitely was looking forward to college and I just didn't get a, the right amount of money at first. So I think the two years at school really just like helped me. Yeah, absolutely. And even even going back further than that, uh, going into your senior season, because a lot of our listeners are younger guys who are trying to figure out uh, what they can do to get to the next level and even you know go on and play in college. Is there anything that stands out from either your youth or high school experience that really helped you in terms of either your training or getting exposure to, to college uh, recruiters? Um, I would say just like you don't always have to go to those like perfect game events or like the AU team. Like I never played on a AU team until like my sophomore year in high school. Like I played high level soccer my whole entire life. I would say it's always good to play two different sports for athleticism. Um, I mean, like people will see you no matter if it's like freshman year or junior year. You guys just got to be patient and just work hard. So. I would say just reach out to coaches, be respectful, tell me that you're interested, maybe show them some video, and hopefully they get back to you. If they don't, then that's not the end of the world. There's always other places to go. So That's right. Yeah, there's plenty of opportunities out there. And you had some experience uh, prior to, I think it was either you know at the 15U level or maybe 17U le- level where you were playing international baseball for a national team. Yeah. What was that experience like? Yeah, that was crazy. I was actually, I was 12 years old playing on the 15U uh, Swedish national team, and then I was 15 playing on the 18U. So that was a really cool experience. And actually, uh, coming up in the fall, in September, they have the uh, Olympic qualifiers. And uh, I think it's right when my fall ball starts for Northeastern, though. So I'm, I'm not sure if I'll be able to take a week off or not to go do that. But if I could, I would love to go over there. And it's actually in Malone, Italy this year, so. Wow. Yeah, no, that'd be a great place to go and visit. Um, and what is what did that experience do for your confidence to know that you could uh, compete at that level, you know, with the best players in the world? I know it was just it was just cool to get out there and just like see what's around because you don't really know what's around until you actually travel around a little bit and see different competition. It's cool to just play with kids that just speak different languages and just come from different cultures. So it was definitely a great experience. Yeah, absolutely. And at what point in your career, I mean, I know uh, you were great for your entire high school career. I think your ERA over your four years was like 0.66 at North Andover High School. At what point in your career did you start to get a sense that uh, college baseball was in your future? Uh, Probably my my freshman summer, I would say. Mm -hmm. I think that's when I started to develop. My trajectory kind of just went higher and higher. So, I mean, I always just played soccer, but then I didn't really get along with my soccer coach at a high school level. So I decided to quit my sophomore year and then I just focused on baseball. So I think that just really helped me just like focus on one thing as well as like keeping my athleticism from soccer, but just having the main goal to play college baseball. Mm -hmm. And we've seen, uh, you know, a lot of us have been to games of guys who are top prospects in high school, and you see all the scouts behind the backstop uh, with the radar guns, and, you know, they're meeting with guys after games. What was that experience for for people who don't go through that or maybe don't see all those scouts? What did it feel like for you when, you, when that started, when you started getting that attention? Well, the first time I actually ever saw, like, that many scouts behind home plate was, like, my sophomore summer at the underclass area code games in California. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was pretty cool. There was just so many. There was, like, 70 guys there, like, college and pro scouts. And, you, I mean, you, like, you feel butterflies for sure. First time seeing that, uh, you can't help it, even though you try to take a deep breath as much as you can. 
but you see all the guns behind there. So you're always thinking like, oh, hopefully I don't mess up. But as long as like you stay within yourself, don't do too much, uh, your skill will work itself out. So I would say that. Um, but it was definitely really cool just to see all the scouts behind there, just like coming to the games and just creating a relationship with all of them. And how do you create that relationship? Do they follow up with you after or do they, do they reach out to your coach or how does that relationship get formed? Yeah, I mean, it's either going through your coach or going through me, going, reaching out to your parents, just one of the two, or going out to your advisor, setting up meetings or Zoom calls or just like talking after games, going to private workouts, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And did you ever, when, when all of that was, I mean, it seems like a lot of pressure for somebody who's 17 or 18 years old to be, you know, performing in front of an audience almost every time. And you kind of have to make sure that you're on your best behavior at all times. And like you said, you know, being respectful when you're talking to them. Did you ever uh, struggle with the anxiety of dealing with that pressure? Actually, no, I never really had a problem with it. I've always liked to just like, talk to new people so just hear what they're saying hear what they're thinking if they're interested in me uh, i mean i would be excited so uh, i would always look forward to meeting new people and new scouts yeah and what kinds of questions were they asking um you know to to get a sense of your personality and competitiveness yeah i mean this is like they come over to have like the house meetings like meet your family and meet you just talk about baseball and i mean every single team is different like some guys would come over and I'm not going to say which teams, but some guys would come over and just literally talk about nothing about baseball, just like get to know you. And then some guys would come over and literally just talk strictly baseball, just like write everything in like a diary, just everything. Wow. Uh, And and then, you know, back when you were heading into the draft, obviously no team wants to waste a pick on a guy who who wants to go to college. And we had – and it, it, not to say it was a wasted pick, but we had a guy uh, local to here, Tyler Beatty, who was drafted in the first round, you know, probably about five years before you went through the process. And he ended up going to Vanderbilt instead of yeah. signing. Um, so you uh, you get a sense the scouts really need to nail down, you know, what, what type of money are you looking for? Do they just come right out and ask you, like, hey, how much money would you need to not go to Northeastern? Or do they kind of Yeah, usually it's... It's a straight up question. Yeah. And like you try to avoid it as much as you can until like the draft really. Right. You just gotta keep avoiding it until like it gets like to the last second and they ask you. Otherwise they'll just show no interest if they don't like your number. Yeah. And even you know, looking at you, you know, I we obviously we were in touch heading into that season and uh, I got a sense that you wanted to go to college and the Red Sox seemed to kind of try to do it creatively where they took money from their first 10 picks and kind of slotted it down to you who they ended up drafting in the 11th round. Why do you think they just didn't draft you, you know, in the second or third round, if that's the type of money that you would have needed? Uh, why did they wait until the 11th round? Do you think? Uh, personally, I'm not sure. I mean, during the whole draft process, I never really talked to the Red Sox like that much I guess Mm -hmm. so I think they just they thought they could sign me because I was like a hometown kid so I have a great relationship with the Red Sox scout but uh, we just couldn't come to terms with an agreement which was too bad but maybe next year yeah yeah absolutely you'll be eligible again next year so you go through it all over again uh, were you a Red Sox fan growing up I thought I remembered that you weren't even really a Red Sox fan (laughs) yeah I'm a Yankees fan oh okay so So, yeah it's kind of funny yeah I know the Red Sox should have done that research and known they couldn't get you on the cheap (laughs) Um, now I remember you met with Pedro Martinez after the uh, draft. What was that experience like? How did the Red Sox try to kind of court you and, uh, you know, recruit you to make that decision? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, they brought me to the obviously Fenway Park and just got to walk around the front office, went to a restaurant with some of the front office guys, had a meeting with like Pedro for about like 30 minutes, just talking baseball. Honestly, in that meeting, I just like couldn't stop smiling. Yeah. I just like was just in awe. It was just really cool to see him in person and just talk baseball with him. What did see, he, like his mindset? What did he talk to you cool. about? Like, was he? Uh, I think I remember your dad saying like he was trying to show you how to grip a ball or grip a. Yeah, page. he was. Uh, he was trying to show me how to like grip a change up and just the way his like fingers moved. It, it looked like there was just no bones in it. Yeah, like there was just it was just ridiculous. I mean, that's why his change up was so good. So yeah, is there anything that you can even take from that, or it, the guy's just a freak and you don't have fingers? Like I it? mean, <laughs> he is just a freak athlete, but he just gave some good advice, just saying like. Just make sure you stay within yourself and work as hard as you can and everything will work itself out. So. Yeah, yeah. That's a good transition to get to your college career because obviously uh, the level of competition uh, elevates pretty quickly when you're making that jump yeah. from North Andrew. And you started right away as a freshman. A lot of guys will come out of the bullpen, but you kind of got fed right to the fire. What yep. was the toughest part about making that transition or and was it even harder than you expected? I would say just like the, the everyday life you just don't uh you can't really prepare for it in high school like you have practice after school and and college it's kind of like you practice in the morning or classes in the morning or lift in the morning then like all three right after you got to find times to eat you got to find times to do your schoolwork so it's just like building a good schedule and a good system where you can get all that done while like managing everything and make sure you're not falling behind I'd say that's like one thing as a freshman that's like tough on people, mm-hmm. but um, definitely like the skill of baseball, like the players, everyone just wants to win. Everyone's a hard worker. So I would say just, yeah, I mean, I guess that's it. Yeah. Did you do much weight training uh, when, when you were in high school or was that kind of a new thing to you in college? No, I did. I did weight training in high school. I worked out at uh, Champion Therapy and as well as uh, Austin Wasserman in Nashua, New Hampshire. Okay. And then obviously just like my local gym, I just get uh, like weight plans from them. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, college weightlifting was a little, little different for sure. Uh, conditioning was a little tougher. You just, you're just not really like, you don't know what you're going to expect until you get to college, I guess. Yeah. You hear about these guys that go off to college, even if they do have some weight training experience and they're walking around their freshman year sore for the yeah. entire year and feeling oh, like yeah. they're constantly recovering. You're sore every single day. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, did, did you need to uh, – did you add any pitches to your arsenal or did you work on at, at any pitches so that you were able to throw it in any count? Or what about, like, your uh, actual technical side of the pitching? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say I've been working on my changeup a lot. That's, like, the pitch that I need to work on a ton. In high school, I didn't even have a changeup at all. Like, I would throw it just to show it. But it was never, like, a good pitch at all, so – I'm happy I'm in the Cape now and I'll be able to throw it all summer. So I'm excited for that. And you hear a lot of people say uh, the one thing that kind of takes their breath away in college is the way you can't get away with mistakes anymore. And in high school, you know, if you're throwing 95, you can get a lot, uh, get a lot of, uh, get yeah. away with a lot of mistakes where you're throwing it right down the middle and guys are, can't catch up with it. Is that something that kind of you noticed when you got to college is, Hey, some of these guys are hitting really good pitches. I mean, even if you throw like 98 and you can't find a zone like it, that's not going to be good like you've got to command your fastball no matter what you do like that's the most important thing as long as you can command the fastball both sides of the plate inside outside 
you'll be fine. And if you can hit those spots, no matter if you're throwing 86 or 95, mm-hmm. that's effective. And you get ahead in the count. You don't, they don't know what's coming next. So I would say that's the biggest thing. Thanks for listening. We'll be back after this message. Firecracker Sports serves all first-time and experienced coaches that are looking for quality showcase tournaments to promote their players and teams. We offer the most independently operated baseball and softball events in the Northeast region with qualified staff and college coaches to help you and your players get maximum promotion. Besides events, you can get all your baseball and softball needs with our player profiles, hotels, and even facility sales now. With Firecracker Sports, you can save time, effort, and money by getting all of your event's college resources and customer attention in one place every season. You came in with a really good recruiting class. Uh, Cam Schlittler has kind of gone through the same experience as you, where he started right away as a freshman, you you guys have both had a lot of success. What's your relationship like, and was it helpful to kind of go through it all together with him? Yeah, it's definitely cool. Uh, he's a, he's my best friend and my roommate at school, so it's definitely a cool experience to play him in the Super Eight in high school. I get that was like my first time I actually met him, and then uh, I got to ha- get to college, and we just worked together. Both got a lot better, and both had good years this year, and we're both in the Cape, so. He's actually in Harwich and I'm in Chatham, so we're about like eight minutes from each other, so that's kind of funny. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that Cape experience. Uh, but, you know, first, going back to last year, obviously the pandemic affected college baseball on the whole. It affected everybody in every level of the sport. Uh, what was that like for you, and what went into your decision not to play cummer, uh, college summer collegiate ball last year? Well, actually, I was supposed to play in Chatham last summer as well, but mm-hmm. when the, the Cape League got canceled um, – I just decided to shut down and just weightlift. Mm-hmm. So it was just a decision that I made, and I talked with my coaches about, and we just thought it was the best thing, just because I knew this season I was going to throw a lot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I started throwing in summer anyways, so it wasn't really like a complete shutdown, but it was more just focusing on my body. Yeah. So what was what went into that decision? Like, did you stay at school on campus for a little while when things first shut down, or did you go home right away? Well, we had to go. We had to go home. If you're in a dorm, like you had to go home right away. Mm-hmm. So I had no choice. So I just went right home. Yeah, and then you talked to Coach Glavin and kind of came up with yep. a plan. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Where were you doing the the training last summer? Um, well, right when like when COVID happened, like you couldn't. I couldn't really go too many places. So I made a a place in my uh, garage that we worked out in. Me and my dad made. We made like a squat rack and stuff. So it was definitely a good place to work out. So we have all like the dumbbells and everything. So that was nice. nice. Yeah, that's good. Now, was there ever a time where you kind of looked back on the decision not to sign with the Red Sox and you were like, hey, the college baseball season didn't happen. I wonder, uh, you know, what would have been different if I had gone pro or I guess they weren't even playing minor league baseball. So maybe it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, honestly, I never I never regret that decision. So because just I knew that some they haven't played during that COVID season, and especially when the, the year you get drafted, you you only pitch like 10 innings anyways. So um, I don't regret that decision at all. Yeah, that's good. And then you come back in the fall, and um, it's a lot. it was a lot different then than it is now because now it seems like, you know, people are getting vaccinated and, you know, nobody's yeah. wearing masks anymore. 
what was it like uh, coming back in the fall at first, you know, with all the COVID protocols in place? Definitely in Boston, it was it was tough. Everyone was wearing masks 24-7. Um, you always had to wear a mask no matter where you went in. Um, I would say the city was pretty strict about that. Like, if you weren't wearing a mask on the street, like, someone would let you know. Yeah. So, uh, it was definitely weird at first. It's like, you couldn't use some of the facilities that you wanted to. We didn't. We couldn't use our indoor facility because they actually used that as the COVID testing lab. Mm-hmm. So we, it's like for practices in the morning, we'd have to wake up like seven in the morning and like travel like an hour away to Canton or Dedham and then have practice there and then drive back, go to class. So it was just a grind. Yeah. It's funny. I saw a, a brochure for a university a couple of weeks ago and they had like four college students all sitting on the front steps wearing masks. And they were like, this was like what college was in 2020, 2021. And then all these people responded and were like, no, that's not what it was like. People were getting together in dorms and just kind of living their lives and just like it was. What what was the college experience like this year? Uh, definitely. I mean, I wasn't in a dorm, so I bet it was tough for a freshman, obviously, just because I don't think you could have any guests over. Uh-huh. So I think that was definitely tricky for them just to like, meet people. This is the classic like freshman experience. Yeah. But uh, obviously you had to be – smart with what you did because there was guidelines that you had to follow you mm-hmm. couldn't have like when like 10 people into an apartment i guess mm-hmm. so if you got in trouble like you're going to be in big trouble out of school possibly expelled so wow and it's different being on a team too because you you have yeah, an exactly. ob- obligation to stay healthy and you know not exactly not infect the people around you um yeah. So then, you know, coming into this spring, um, you know, again, you had a prominent role as a starter. Uh, and then early in the season, I was reading, um, you had a, a couple of rocky starts to start the year. And you were saying with the pandemic, um, you know, that everybody had to deal with it, but it was a, a little bit different for everyone. Uh, do you, is that what you attribute the early season struggles to, do you think? Uh, I wouldn't say it was due to the pandemic. I would just say, I just, I th- the first uh, series against Wake Forest, I just didn't, I just didn't have it. I guess mm-hmm. um, I don't know what it was, but I just didn't have it that series. But against ODU, uh, I pitched well except for one inning, mm-hmm. gave up like a grand slam, so that was tough. Just walked a guy, and I think it hit a guy, and then grand slam right off the bat. So it's definitely you just can't, you just can't like go look at that and just like be okay with it. You just got to move on. Yeah. Just work it, work out, work off of that and then get it the next week. So, yeah. And that's what happened. You ended up kind of really hitting your stride and uh, going six and one on the season. And it was a great year for Northeastern. Um, when did you start to get a sense this season was going to be something special? Obviously you guys went on to win the uh, colonial athletic yeah. association and go to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, I knew right when we met the guys that it was going to be a special team, just a gifted team, just good players. And we had all the players from last year, too. So it was definitely just fun to have those guys back and play with them again, yeah. And what's it like being – like, we just had Matt Blake on the uh, on the podcast. He's a guy from Cressy who's now the Yankees pitching coach. And he talked about uh, the chemistry and kind of – uh, the way the starting rotations work or even entire pitching staffs where you want to build off each other's efforts and approach teams in a certain way. So it's not just like a one-off one guy goes and does his thing. And then the next guy does something completely different. You had a really good uh, rotation at Northeastern and, and the entire staff was really good. How, d- how did you establish that momentum as the year went on and kind of feed off each other? 
I mean, we're always looking to get better. Um, just playing catch with each other, working on grips, working out together. I mean, being like in the starters, you kind of you're in like a little group that you're just always trying to get better with. You're always trying to succeed with each other, and because you're always doing like different workouts in the relievers. So, as a starter, you're always going to do your own thing, I guess. So you got to make sure you're on top of things, making sure you're ready to go in, do your thing, do your job. So, definitely fun to be with each other and just uh, succeed. And I know, you know, you came up, came through as a draft prospect. I think you were the first guy at Northeastern history who ever got drafted and then chose to go to school instead. Yeah. Um, was it validating to kind of have the year that you did? Like, obviously, everybody's saying you're going to be really good when you get to college, but to finally uh, get the chance to do it after last year's shortened season, was it validating to see the way you performed? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Obviously, there's a little pressure on you coming in as like a Red Sox draft pick, but uh, just got to be quiet and just let your work do, do the work for you. So I was definitely happy with how it worked out, yeah. Yeah, and I mentioned Cam Schlittler earlier. I didn't realize he was your best friend, but how are you guys similar? Uh, both, you know, with the with your arsenal of pitches, or how are you different in terms of your pitches or your even your personality on the mound? I mean, I would say like pitching wise, we're not too similar. Um, I kind of have like fast mechanics. Like I try to get quick on the mound, get quick on the hitter. Just like try to keep the pace up, just like try not to slow the game down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam seems to have like slower, I guess. Mm-hmm. He's on, more on the slow side, but he keeps it slow like the whole time, and then just whips his arm just completely. <laughs> so uh, I would say uh, we're d- different pitchers on the mound, but we have very similar mindsets. So yeah, and you both have your uh, plenty of success. So it, 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 there's more than one way to do it, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that NCAA tournament this year, that was a big, uh, a, a big opportunity, a big experience for you. Uh, what, what did you learn from that experience, and was it, it, was it what you expected? Yeah, it was definitely cool to get the ball game one against uh, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was definitely a fun experience just having all the fans there. I was a little disappointed that my coaches took me out, but they had a reason to, so... Um, we ended up losing that game and losing the next game, but uh, that, ha- that happens. But it was a cool experience overall, and we're just happy we won a CAA championship. So definitely just a great experience, and hopefully we'll be back next year. Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned that uh, you were frustrated to get taken out because I think a lot of uh, pitchers go through that at different <clears throat> points. Uh, what is that process like for those of us who aren't out on the mound in big games like that? Is is it you have a discussion in the dugout before you go back out and you say, hey, if you give up a couple of base runners here, we're going to give you the hook? Or is it is he making that call before he even gets to the mound? Or is he getting out there and asking you what you think? I mean, I had three solid innings, like very easy solid innings. And then my fourth inning, I gave up a three-run home run, but we were still winning four to three. Mm-hmm. I, I came out the fourth inning, so I was just sitting down, just getting ready for my next inning. My pitch count wasn't high at all either, mm-hmm. and they just decided to take me out. They just said, you're done, so you yeah. just can't complain. You just got to let them do whatever. So Yeah, I guess you don't want to show them up, but um, as yeah. a competitor, I could see how that how that could be frustrating. Yeah, definitely frustrating, especially losing that game. But. Yeah, well, it was a great season on the whole, and obviously now you're, you ended up on the Cape, which is pretty much everybody's dream as a, <clears throat> as a New England player to – end up on the Cape at some point. It's interesting because those rosters are always kind of fluid. Guys are coming and going, and there's temporary contracts. What, how do you end up on a, on a roster, on a permanent contract? What's that, what's that process like, and when do you start to uh, 
hear the offers? Um, well, this really kind of worked out through my advisor, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I was supposed to plan on Chatham last year. So, like, my high school, like, senior year, like, I basically knew I was going to be playing on Chatham, mm-hmm. like, if I went to college, like, that summer. Hmm. Like, it kind of starts really early. Like, you kind of know, like, a year before, honestly. Wow. But, uh, I, so I knew I was going to play on Chatham, which was really cool just because of the reputation they have. And just, I've never been to Chatham before, so being here is really cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful down there. And you said Cam's down on the Cape. Are there any other guys uh, that you've played with at either Northeastern or anywhere else? Yeah, I mean, I know a ton of kids on the Cape. I'm not just going to list them off. But, yeah, uh, yeah. like, teammates at Northeastern, uh, Cam's obviously at Harwich. Ben Malajiri's at Harwich. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jeff Costello's at YD. Yep. And then uh, Eric Yost is at YD, too. Oh, Nice. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be a great experience. And what what are you what are you getting the sense like? What does it seem like it's going to be like in terms of schedule, practice schedule, games, all that type of stuff? Yeah, so we've had practices the last two days, and I've practiced today at twelve, I believe. Um, so it's definitely just cool to meet like different guys, mm-hmm. just to see what's out there. Obviously, and it's just cool to like you walk around town and you're just you're wearing like a Chatham English hat or something, and just like people come up to you and ask you questions. It's really fun. It's just a great atmosphere. Yeah, that is great. Um, now, I know last year you kind of shut it down and ended up uh, doing a lot of weight training over the summer. And when guys usually have a big workload in the spring, you know, they, they go into the Cape with a limited inning count that they want to hit. Uh, what is your? What do you think your role will be? And um, do, do you have a limited number of innings that you're able to pitch? Well, I threw like se- about 71 innings in the spring season, so... I'm not sure if I have a limit or not. I my coaches haven't mentioned anything about a limit. Yep. But uh, I had my first bullpen yesterday, so that felt good. It was f- first time off the mound since uh, regionals, so that was good. And uh, first game on Sunday, so we're not sure like our role is yet or anything yet, but we'll figure that out soon. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Is it difficult uh, not going home? Do you still have a lot of friends in North Andover that you're not going to be able to see this summer, or was it a pretty easy decision? Yeah, I mean, I went home. I was home for like three days, so I got to see them a little bit. But it's tough not being able to be with them. But I'm here playing baseball, and I guess I don't have any distractions, so it's really good just to be here. And I can obviously talk to them on Facetime or whatever. But maybe they'll come up and visit eventually. But catch a game or something. So yeah. Now, how do you? Uh, how did you get put with your host family? Was that? Do you know them um, before this, or is this all new? Uh, no, they just placed me with the, they're called the Garveys. That's mm-hmm. their last name. So it's me and Jake D'Elia from Georgia Tech. Yeah. Uh, we're rooming together and we're with the Garveys. Yeah. I think he was at, uh, Av- Avon Old, Old Farms. Yeah. Right? Avon Old Farms. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's interesting. Now, do you, um, are you guys like watching games, uh, major league games when you get home or like, what, what are you guys doing in terms of, uh, free time? Yeah. In ter- I mean, we just, we just got here like, uh he got here yesterday and i got here the day before so mm-hmm. we're kind of just like getting acquitted to the environment i would say just like seeing what's around i mean our host family lives right on the beach so we can always just go right to the beach uh yesterday we took like a uh car ride into downtown chatham just to check it out just to see like the chatham bars in and like the beach mm-hmm. um yeah so i gotta definitely gotta do some more things just instead of just like laying around the house but uh i've been working out after practice every day so that's good yeah that is uh and i we were just talking here in the office before we started about uh some of the 
the news with Major League Baseball now and the sticky substances that guys are <laughs> using to pitch with. And it's funny, you, see, you hear some pitchers that are like, hey, I would never do that, that's cheating. And then you hear others that are like, hey, if it's not enforced and they're, you know, they're, they're not getting in trouble for doing it, then it's, it's all fair game. What's your take on that? I mean, it's tough to say because I'm a pitcher. Right. But uh, personally, I don't use it. Um, I know a bunch of people that do use it, and obviously it affects the ball a lot. But uh, as a hitter, I would say um, I'm not for sticky substances, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like as a pitcher, and I just knowing people that do it, uh, I can't say anything about it. Yeah. It's just a game. It's just uh, how it's always been played, I guess. So. Yeah, that's my take on it. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, as you go in, like you said, you're going to be eligible for the draft again next year. Is it starting to feel similar to what it was, you know, two years ago? Are you starting to hear from scouts or cross checkers or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, definitely. Uh, it's definitely going to feel similar just because you'll go to the first game, you'll just see a bunch of scouts behind. And so it'll feel a little similar like two years ago, which is going to be fun. So I can't wait for that. Yeah, it doesn't seem like you mind it. You almost kind of enjoy no, that whole process. I do, yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you, you mentioned earlier about the area code games, and there are some guys, you know, that there's actually a tryout tomorrow at the University of Connecticut. What was that experience like, and how much did that contribute to um, it? I wouldn't say your development because it's kind of a one-off uh, tournament, but it's more, you know, getting looked at at scouts and kind of handling that pressure. Um, it was definitely, definitely really cool just going into – underclass Erico games and upper class and Long Beach, California, just like meeting new people and just seeing like the competition out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely gives you a taste of like what's out there, I would say, and like what you need to work on and like what you need to do personally just to like, get yourself seen more, I guess, just so you know the competition out there. You're playing against the best in the country. So definitely a cool experience for sure. Mm-hmm. And what are your areas of focus in terms of improvement over the next year? Like, what, what what would you like to work on as you go into your, I guess it's your redshirt sophomore year here now? Yeah, redshirt sophomore year. Yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, definitely just, um, I would say being able to command the, the curveball better and my changeup as well as uh, getting better in the weight room. Mm-hmm. Adding some weight just for, like, stamina and endurance. So those are, like, the three main uh things I'd like to work on, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you say uh, like adding weight, is that, uh, do you have to clean up your diet or what, what, what will you do to kind of go through that? Cause I know a lot of guys are probably in the same boat. Yeah, I actually eat really well. So I focus on like what I eat. So I don't eat a lot of junk food, but I just mean like gain, gaining like good, healthy weight. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. Um, now, as you go into your uh, your new draft experience, is there anything that you would change or do differently than you did the last time? Um, no, I just got to enjoy it because it doesn't happen a lot. So just enjoy the process while, while it's there. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, Sebastian, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been awesome catching up with you, and good luck with your summer on the Cape. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. We're back with the New England Baseball Journal podcast. That was a great interview with Sebastian Keene of the Northeastern baseball team. 
it was interesting to listen to his maturity level for someone his age who has made some of these huge life decisions. He turned down a six-figure signing bonus from the Boston Red Sox. He also chose last summer not to play summer collegiate baseball to work on his body. And he's really made some key decisions that have led him to this point. And it all seems to be working out for him as he heads into a really pivotal year as he's eligible for the 2022 MLB draft. So it was interesting to listen to him. I love the part where he talked about Pedro Martinez's flexibility when he met with him after the Red Sox selection back in 2019. It was also interesting to hear him say maybe the Red Sox offer wasn't as exciting for him because he's actually a Yankees fan. So thanks again to Sebastian for joining us on the show. We want to hear from you if you have any feedback on the show or you have any questions that you'd like us to read on air. You can email feedback at baseballjournal.com or you can reach out to us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is NE underscore baseball. Our next guest on the podcast will be former professional baseball player Matt Duffy, who runs Matt Duffy Baseball Academy. He's a former professional and he'll talk to us about what it takes to get to either the college or professional baseball levels as that is his job with the Baseball Academy is to train people to reach that next level. For any more content on New England Baseball Journal or the scene around New England, visit BaseballJournal.com. We're currently working on our summer edition, which will come out in print right after the 4th of July. In that edition, we're going to look at the prep baseball scene, highlight the top performers and the top teams, and then we'll have high school championship write-ups for each of the New England states. We're looking forward to delivering all that content to you Thanks for listening to the New England Baseball Journal podcast. The New England Baseball Journal podcast is a Siemens Media podcast.
Thanks again for listening to the New England Baseball Journal podcast. We'll see you next time.